Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. I want to speak to you today. I want to speak to you that something is happening. And I want to speak to you about expectation. Um, just to draw a few thoughts today, there's a, an author that wrote about Honey, and they called him the circle maker. And this man called Honey, whose prayer ended a first century drought. The story goes around how one man's faith rose to the occasion in the land. And when a drought threatened to destroy an entire season of crops, a rural church with many farmers in the congregation called for an emergency prayer meeting. Dozens of farmers showed up to pray. Most of them wore their traditional farming overalls but one man wore waders. He got a few funny looks just like Noah did when he was building the ark. But isn't that faith at its finest? If we genuinely believe that God is going to answer our prayer for rain, isn't that exactly what we would wear? Why not dress for your miracle right now? Why not dress for what God is about to do right now? Why not dress for your future right now? And to abbreviate the rest of the story, everybody else went home wet except for the one man who was dressed for his miracle. The message around this is that it takes simple childlike faith. It is simple childlike faith that we are never, ever, ever to move away from, no matter how intelligent we become, no matter how educated we become, no matter how... uh, informed we are about a whole bunch of stuff, we can never, ever, ever get away from simple childlike faith. It is the faith of a child that moves the hand of God. And so the fruit of faith and the fruit of expectation takes you somewhere. In fact, the meaning of expectation says this, that expectation is a strong belief that something is about to happen. Not only is it a strong belief that something's about to happen, but expectation also uh, addresses the area of attention and focus. We can seek many opportunities, we can seek careers, we can seek promotions, higher pay, we can seek for recognition, we can seek for validation. And yet the kingdom of God operates always in reverse. It tells us that we are to seek God and God will then cause those other things to find you. Matthew 6.33 says exactly that, that we are to seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things shall be added to you. So let's not seek jobs, pay increases, all those benefits and everything. Let's become seekers of God so that that which God wants to bring to your life, he is able to bring. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. This well-known scripture says, The man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called out to them, Where are you? What a question to be asked by God. We know the context of this entire scripture. We know the story around it. But what a question to be asked by God, where are you today? If there was some kind of thermometer, we can measure heat by a thermometer. We can measure humidity by a thermometer. 
But if there was some kind of measuring instrument thermometer where you could measure the level of our expectation expectation today, then where would that expectation be? Would it be at an all-time low? But I trust today as believers in Jesus Christ that our expectation levels are rising and rising and rising because we are waking up, waking up, waking up. There is something that is awakening over us. And the reason that I say that is that whenever you go in for an appointment, no matter what the appointment is, you go in and you expect someone to speak and someone to listen. There'll always be a voice that is speaking. It's never a silent room. And so too, when you have an appointment with God, he is not a silent God. He is a God that is speaking. He is a God that is saying something. He is a God that out of that appointment with God, this word awake happened. I don't know whether I told you how this first happened, but I was driving down to Gilston some months ago now. And I was speaking that morning at Gilston and I, I could see the, the road in front of me and this has only ever happened to me twice. But I could see the road in front of me and then right in front of my windscreen in big bolded letters about so big, uh, this word awake just presented right in front of me and I knew immediately in that moment that God was speaking to us about not just our church but he was speaking about the church And so all of that tied in with the man that was in the coma waking up, and a lot has happened since then. But God was speaking at this time of appointment, and so expectation out of that time started to rise. And as God began to look for Adam, it highlights again the graciousness, the long-suffering, the patience of God, and how wonderful it is that we've got a God that as we sing about, we'll leave the 99 and we'll come after the one. But when something awakens within the body of Christ, it sort of does a flip and it's not so much us waiting back, waiting back, waiting, hoping that God will come and find us. People that are awake will go looking for God because I've got to find what God is doing, what he's saying. I want to be right in the center of everything that he's doing. I remember the day when God spoke to me. My grandchildren tell me I live in the White House, and that's kind of true. It is a whitish kind of house, but the floors are white, the chairs are white, the walls are white, the kitchen cupboards are white, everything is white, even Harry the dog is white. Everything's white. And so to say I was sitting in a white chair this day when God spoke, I remember the day, the moment distinctly. And when God told me, he said, go back to the garden. And I knew exactly what he was saying because he'd been preparing my heart for some weeks earlier. But in essence, what it meant was this, go back to simplicity. Go back to a childlike faith. Don't let the things of the day confuse or distort and don't let the clutter and the noise and the chaos that can come around any of our lives. In other words, what God was saying to me was, stay in faith, stay in your place and stay in your race. And it was coming back to childlike faith. And I asked the question, as has been asked of me, as was asked of Adam, where are we today? It also reminded me of the video clip that we played here. I think it was last year. And this Navy SEAL, this, his name is um, Admirable McRaven, who spoke to a graduating class at the University of Texas in 2014. And of course, this man with all of his Navy SEAL training drew from that wealth and that pool of experience. But he said these 
important things. He said, everything, everything has a starting point. And that starting point has nothing to do with your background, your gender, your age, or your race. And in his opening statement that is on YouTube today that you'll find it, he said this. He said, if you want to change the world, then start by making your bed. It sounds too basic, it sounds too simple, and yet the message and the truth around about this is this, that life is made up of one small step and one small step growing into the next step and the next step and the next step, and every small step takes you somewhere, meaning that your small starting step got you to where you needed to go. Expectation is exactly the same. It's that one small step that rises up in faith and expectation that God is about to do something. It is that one small step that can lead to giant leaps of faith that move you down a road and then you look down the road and you realize how far you've traveled, how far you've come, but it took one small step to start. Another one of his lines to this graduating class was, He spoke out of a time when his men in their training times were in the black icy waters. All you could see was their heads. No visibility, hour rolled on, one hour after the next and the next and the next. Freezing cold waters and he kept waiting for somebody to quit, somebody to bail, someone to come out and say, I can't do this anymore. And then across the dark and freezing waters, one man's voice rises up. He sang out of tune. He sang so badly. And yet all you could hear across the water was this one voice. But then after a short time, one voice grew to two voices, and then two voices grew to three. And then eventually everybody in the water started to sing the same song. And the thing around that is that, as he said, he said, life at times will challenge you to the core but never forget the power of hope rising. Never forget the sound of faith rising. Never forget the sound of expectation rising because one person with one sound can make an incredible difference that others catch a hold of. One voice started something, making the waters seem less dark and less cold. And I believe that's the way the body of Christ operates. There's somewhere within the church God just raises up a voice. There is a voice that says, I'm hearing what the voice of God is saying. I'm hearing a voice right now. And one voice becomes two and two become three and three become 10 and 10 become 50 and 50 become 100 and 100 become 1,000 and then 1,000 becomes thousands upon thousands upon thousands. That's how faith and expectation rise. It was faith and expectation, courage, that caused four men to climb a house, cut a hole in a man's roof to help their friend down through the roof to get to Jesus. The woman who kept knocking on the judge's door and refused to stop until the door was opened. The tax collector who climbed a tree in whatever his tax collector garment was for the day, climbed a tree just so he could catch a glimpse of Jesus because every climb and every decision and every step takes you somewhere. Faith and expectation are companions and they take our lives somewhere. In Acts chapter 3, verses 5 through to 6, it talks about the man who gave them his attention expecting 
to get something from them. This was the beggar man. This was a man who knew what it was to live with some kind of expectation every day. But his expectation was someone's going to carry me to the gate. Someone's going to pass by and throw me some coins. Somebody's going to pick me up at the end of the time and take me back home again. His expectation was and someone will repeat the process tomorrow, the day after and the year after that. He was living with expectation, but it was at such a low level and it remained at a low level, listen to this, until... Peter and John entered his life. That means until the word of God entered this beggar's life. Never forget that your life is made up of until moments. You were this until. You were that until. You were in that situation until. You were over there until. You were unsaved until. You were in a terrible place until. Our lives are made up of until moments. It meant that the word entered this man's life, and Peter says these words. He says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I'll give to you in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Now walk. And strength came to the man's feet and his ankles, and the man walked. He jumped back and forth, praising and dancing God, even in the temple. Imagine that, in the house of God, in a church service, in a place like this, that somebody is so thankful for all that God does. They get up, they, they jump, they praise, they sing, they worship. They are so grateful for all that the Lord has done. It's time that we filled our lamps again. When the bridegroom comes... There won't be time to grab somebody else's courage. When the bridegroom comes, there won't be time to grab that scripture. What was that scripture that I heard about 20 years ago? There won't be time to grab somebody else's faith or ride on the coattails of someone else's relationship with the Lord. Our lamps have got to be filled again. The parable of the women with the lamps was that only half of them were ready and the other half were not. Now is the time to fill our lamps with faith. Fill our lamps with the scriptures. Fill our lamps again with the things that God has put into your hands. Fill your lamps again with a word that will cause your faith and your expectation to grow into something good. Something good is about to happen. This is what expectation, the fruit of expectation, the Position that you get into when you're living with expectation. Expectation has you looking. You're looking again. You're not looking down. You're looking into the distance. You're looking into the future. You're looking into where God is taking you. Those first signs that the Lord is doing something here. Those first signs, expectation has you looking and putting on the waders because it's about to rain and everyone's about to get wet here. I am dressed for the occasion. I am dressed for what God is about to do. Expectation raises your vision and has far more than your head above the icy waters. It delivers you and it sets you up until you can say, it is well with my soul. I am content. The Apostle Paul knew what it was to be content either here, whether he was in prison or whether he wasn't. He learned how to be content. It is well with my soul. 
Expectation has you looking for restoration. It has you looking for reconciliation. Expectation has you looking for salvation. That's expectation. I'm looking for the day when every seat shall be filled. I'm looking for the day when the seats have to be down the front all the way to the back wall. I'm looking for the day when we have to get rid of those black petitions right there because we've got to spread out there. It happens on Christmas Day. It happens on Easter Sunday. It happens on Good Friday. I'm expecting for the day when that becomes our normal, that our normal has now changed because that's expectation. Expectation is a mobiliser and a stabiliser. It creates stability and consistency. A consistent life brings power in your life. Watch a person who's successful and they will have consistency in their life somewhere. Faith is an action word. It's not a passive word. It stabilises our lives. And while we live on this planet, there'll always be a storm or two. There'll always be a circumstance or something or other that you're dealing with. The, the Bible promises that we will go through that. But here's what expectation does. Expectation causes you to burrow the roots of your life and the roots of your faith so down deep into the soil, into good soil, that when that storm comes and it comes from here and is blowing over here like this and eventually it passes and no matter what carnage was in its way, you are left standing at the end of it because I've already put the roots down so deep. Expectation is a mobiliser. It gets you going. It makes you want to be a part of what God is saying and what he's doing. And it's a stabiliser. It deals with double-mindedness. And it deals with lack of vision. Expectation, like the Navy SEAL said, it tells you do not forget your training in this moment. Don't forget your training. Don't forget who you are. And he told them this, and I like this. He said, in a time of threat, Navy SEALs are in the water a lot. He said, remember who you are. And should a shark come circling around you, maybe this is for all the surfers in the room, but should a shark come circling around you, he said, look that shark straight in the eye. And should that shark get close enough to you, then punch him in the snout and the shark will back away. Just to be clear, I'm not telling you to punch anybody in the snout. Don't punch your spouse in the snout. Don't punch anybody. That's not what we're saying. But remember who you are. And should fear and intimidation surround your life, then never forget that you and I have never been given a spirit of fear and intimidation, but we have been given a spirit that is one of power and love and a sound mind. Punch that fear in the face and tell it to go in Jesus' name. Expectation awakens possibilities. Team, could you come back, please? Expectation puts you in a whole nother place. Because it awakens who you really are. And it awakens why you are created. You don't waste as much time in your life when you're awakened to who you are. Because you realise that every single day is important and what I do with it. Wear the garment well 
and wear it in a place of readiness to embrace the new thing that God is about to do. Leave the old garment of yesterday in the dust. Leave it in the dust. Because God says, I'm about to do a new thing. Please forget the former things. The new wine can't go into the old, the new wine can't go into an old wineskin. Forget the former things. Leave them in the dust of yesterday. And lastly, expectation is a builder. It's a builder of atmosphere. God is a God who loves atmosphere. And he responds to an atmosphere of faith. And he responds to an atmosphere of expectation. He responds to an atmosphere of faith. He's an unchanging God. Expectation starts to make sense of your story. He fills in the blanks. And you know, one of the greatest lessons that Byron and I learned when Byron was unwell was do not ask why, just keep standing, keep walking, keep praising, keep serving, keep showing up, keep giving him all the glory, even when your story did not make sense, but just keep showing up. And that's what expectation does. Expectation and faith go hand in hand, but they also take you by the hand. And my encouragement to you is this. So many have got lost on their way home. It's the story of the pilgrim's progress. They end up in the sloth of despond. They end up in that place of desperation. They end up in that place of disillusion. They end up in that other place of emptiness. And many pilgrims have got lost on their way home. But I tell you what, an awakening of God does. It starts to awaken the pilgrims. It starts to awaken the saints. It starts to awaken up those that have been detoured for a while. It starts to awaken up the body of Christ and gets them back on the track and into their destiny. How good is our God? How good is our God? Fill your lamp again. Fill your life again. Don't be just a church pew sitter. Many years ago, God spoke to me about there's many prodigals sitting in the pews. And there are. There's many prodigals that are about to be woken up. There's many prodigals that are about to just have a new sense on life because God is doing something. Fill your lamp again. And I close with this. Expectation. Faith and expectation. It takes the word impossible out of our vocabulary. When Jesus walked from that tomb that day, and they came to the tomb and all they found was just garments of clothing. When Jesus rose from the dead and he defeated every last drop of what the devil had come to do. Never forget the nature of the enemy. He is a stealer. He is a thief. He's a distorter. He is a defeater of destinies of God. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, which locates his nature right there. But when Jesus died on that cross and shed his blood and went down and dealt with everything that the enemy had planned to do and rose from the dead, every plan, every plot, every scheme of the evil one by the blood of Jesus Christ was dealt with on that day. And because of that, we are the body of Christ in relationship with the head. 
And we know exactly what that looks like because the book of Ephesians tells us that as Jesus was placed at the right hand of the Father and we, the body, have been placed in that same place in those heavenly realms that everything pertaining pertaining to the nature of an enemy, was placed underneath Jesus' feet. Therefore, now we, through the blood of Jesus Christ, has now been placed under our feet. We do not need to entertain. We don't need to negotiate. We don't need to rationalise. We don't need to think it away or overthink it away. We need to take our position in the name of Jesus, and I'll show you what it is. The book of Ephesians tells you and me where we are seated. This This is not you and I going into battle fatigue, This is not you and I wearing ourselves out, hoping that God's going to show up on our behalf. This is about knowing where we are seated in heavenly realms with Him and taking our authority and our place based upon what the blood of Jesus has done. We are seated. And that day when Jesus went and He came back, the blood of Jesus takes impossible out of your vocabulary In Jesus' name. That's where faith and expectation and looking to see what God is about to do takes you. And in this place right now, you may be in that place this morning where you say, expectation is rising in me, but I want to go further with God. Maybe you've been dealing with such a low level of expectation but something has just been woken up within you today. And if that's you and I raise my hand in this moment, I'm lifting up my hands before the Lord and say, God, do something fresh in me. Let's pray together as the family of God in this place as we look to Him right now. God, I pray right across this room this morning, let faith arise. Let there be a new perspective. Awaken, I pray, Lord, the business people. Awaken the tithers, Lord, I pray. Awaken, oh God, those that are generous with their funds and with their money. Awaken the giving spirit, Lord, I pray. Awaken the pastors, the prophets, the apostles, the teachers. Awaken, oh God, the helpers, Lord. Awaken the intercessors and the prayers. Awaken the men and women that have got a call and a destiny from you. Awaken salvation within that soul that's been sleeping, I pray. And God, we give you praise. We give you praise for that which you're about to do. And we thank you, Lord, for the breath of God upon us today as the body of Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come back tonight. Five o'clock service, Daniel will tell you about that. But next week, I want to talk to you about an awakening. See you in church next week, as well as tonight. God bless you.